I witnessed the tragic scene, and although fifty-six years have elapsed since, my visual impression of it has lost none of its force. The recollection of his attainments made every effort of mine seem dull in comparison. Anything I did that was creditable merely caused my parents to feel their loss more keenly. So I grew up with little confidence in myself. But I was far from being considered a stupid boy, if I am to judge from an incident of which I still have a strong remembrance. One day the aldermen were passing through a street where I was at play with other boys. The oldest of these venerable gentlemen, a wealthy citizen, paused to give a silver piece to each of us. Coming to me, he suddenly stopped and commanded, Look in my eyes. I met his gaze, my hand outstretched to receive the much-valued coin, when, to my dismay, he said, No, not much. You can get nothing from me. You are too smart. They used to tell a funny story about me. I had two old aunts with wrinkled faces, one of them having two teeth protruding like the tusks of an elephant, which she buried in my cheek every time she kissed me. Nothing would scare me more than the prospect of being hugged by these as affectionate as unattractive relatives. It happened that while being carried in my mother's arms, they asked me who was the prettier of the two. After examining their faces intently, I answered thoughtfully, pointing to one of them. This here is not as ugly as the other. Then again, I was intended from my birth for the clerical profession, and this thought constantly oppressed me. I longed to be an engineer, but my father was inflexible. He was the son of an officer who served in the army of the great Napoleon, and, in common with his brother, professor of mathematics in a prominent institution, had received a military education, but, singularly enough, later embraced the clergy in which vocation he achieved eminence. He was a very erudite man, a veritable natural philosopher, poet, and writer, and his sermons were said to be as eloquent as those of Abraham at Sancta Clara. He had a prodigious memory, and frequently recited at length from works in several languages. He often remarked playfully that if some of the classics were lost, he could restore them. His style of writing was much admired. He penned sentences, short and terse, and was full of wit and satire. The humorous remarks he made were always peculiar and characteristic. Just to illustrate, I may mention one or two instances. Among the help, there was a cross-eyed man called Maine, employed to do work around the farm. He was chopping wood one day. As he swung the axe, my father, who stood nearby and felt very uncomfortable, cautioned him. For God's sake, Maine, do not strike at what you are looking, but at what you intend to hit. On another occasion, he was taking out for a drive a friend who carelessly permitted his costly fur coat to rub on the carriage wheel. My father reminded him of it, saying, Pull in your coat, you are ruining my tire. He had the odd habit of talking to himself and would often carry on an animated conversation and indulge in heated argument changing the tone of his voice. A casual listener might have sworn that several people were in the room. Although I must trace to my mother's influence whatever inventiveness I possess, the training he gave me must have been helpful. It comprised all sorts of exercises, 
as guessing one another's thoughts, discovering the defects of some form or expression, repeating long sentences, or performing mental calculations. These daily lessons were intended to strengthen memory and reason, and especially to develop the critical sense, and were undoubtedly very beneficial. My mother descended from one of the oldest families in the country, and a line of inventors. Both her father and grandfather originated numerous implements for household, agricultural, and other uses. She was truly a great woman, of rare skill, courage, and fortitude, who had braved the storms of life and passed through many a trying experience. When she was sixteen, a virulent pestilence swept the country. Her father was called away to administer the last sacraments to the dying, and during his absence she went alone to the assistance of a neighboring family who were stricken by the dread disease. All of the members, five in number, succumbed in rapid succession.